What was your first thought when you saw the gas masks? Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? Hello, and welcome to our The Hunter podcast, brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Brittany Ray, and I'm a 27-year-old writer in Vancouver, BC. I'm on Twitter, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting journalism and talking about my cat. My favorite season of The 100 is season two, but season three for all the cabby, am I right, ladies? And my name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 22-year-old film student from Alberta, Canada. I like brooding anti-heroes and feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at The 100 Script on Twitter, and you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. My favorite season of The 100 is season one because of all those little delinquents that no one else remembers. <laughs> May they all rest in peace. And today we have words to say about episode 412 of The 100, The Chosen. Okay, so we're going to talk about the road trip first. Road trip that no one wants Clark to go on. Bellamy and Clark volunteer to go get Raven. And Kane's like, there will be a place for you when you return. And I'm like, or maybe there won't be. I'm just confused. Do you think that at the end of the episode, they still left places for Clark and Bellamy and Raven? Um, probably, and then they're gonna discover that they're not coming back, so there's, like, extra places available. So, are they gonna go out and get Dad Miller, then? I'm kinda hoping so. Me too! And, like, I'm kinda hoping that Kane will be like, oh, I guess there is a spot for me, because he wasn't on the list, so... I just have so many feelings about Dad Miller this episode, and I'll probably cry about it later. I'm literally in denial about it. Dad Miller's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just so we're clear, Dad Miller's absolutely fine. Um, they're saying any amount of radiation at this point would be harmful, and they have 23 hours to get back, but they need 20 for the travel time, so that's not great. Oh, sure, now everyone's worried about travel time, but when Bellamy yeah. gets from Arcadia to Polis in, like, two hours, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Abby tells Clark that she loves her, and she's like, it isn't goodbye, and I'm like, that doesn't mean I love you too, Mom. What the heck? As... Clark, like, ever said to Abby that she loves her? I don't remember a time. No, neither do I. That angers me because I love my mom a lot, and the fact that she doesn't love her mom annoys me. I mean, like, I know it's there, but it wouldn't kill her to freaking say it. Yeah. I don't care if you don't mean it. Just say it anyway. Yeah, it's obviously something that Abby really desperately needs. Yeah. Clark's saying that she's a nightblood now. And then they have this conversation about how Clark is a good guy, and I'm like, okay, fine. They just retconned, like, Abby's entire, like, thematic statement from season two, but it's fine. Fine. Why, why did they do that? I don't know. The whole point of the show is that there are no good guys, and the theme of the season is that there's no good choices, so why would they, are they trying to tell the audience, oh, well, what Clark did was excusable, because guess what? Just because Abby says something doesn't make it true. And I love Abby. Yeah, if, if Brittany says it, you know it's true. Exactly. I, unknown Abby Stan. Abby tells Clark and Bellamy to take care of each other. And then Memori shows up and says, hey, uh, can we come? And it's like, yes, you can. We should sure. always have the little King Trashmouth on a road trip. I'm like, as long as Bellamy and Murphy are together. Hashtag Murphy me! Um, he, he's like, maybe it'll help our chances, and Abby's gonna make sure that Murphy's name is in the thing, and is gonna make, like, try and make sure if that Amory's name is in. Literally, 
I don't know. I don't know who this Abby was in this episode, but my Abby slash the show's Abby, after hurting someone as badly as they hurt Amori, would be like, "Yes, I will. I will go to bat for you." Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know her. So they leave the thing, and then Murphy has a scene. And Murphy's mad that he opened the door because they were safe in the bunker and they're going to go and live in the lighthouse thing and it's not stocked and at least they'll survive the death wave and yeah. Well, they're just going to survive on love, duh. Murphy even said duh. so. So how did you feel about this Murphy me scene? I love Murphy me scenes. Did you like want to cry? Were you happy? Were you sad? What emotions were you feeling? I just like when they interact. Yeah. Like, I just really love character development. And so I think about season one Murphy and then I think about now Murphy and I'm just so happy. Right? And yet, if this was like still season one, they would have made the exact same decisions, except that Murphy now has Enamori mm-hmm. in his bubble. Actually, Bellamy probably wouldn't have made the same decision, would he? And then Echo's in the back. Oh, wait. Okay. So Echo was the one creeping on everyone. I assumed so, yeah. I try- I was trying to figure out who it was, but even on Netflix, I couldn't quite make it out. Yeah, I don't- I- I don't see how it could have been anybody else. So she was like, oh, hey, y'all going on a road trip? You cannot go without your Aunt Echo. So then Murphy and Amori are in the back having a cute conversation, and Bill Ark is in the front. Uh, Amori is saying that she never felt safe before, and- it felt like she had a home, and then he's like, hey, I'm your home. And I'm like, stop, you guys! They're so good with each other. Honestly, like, there's, like, two, I think, really rock-solid relationships on this show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one that, like, is my favorite but is rocking. It's, like, what, Marper and Mamori, right? Yeah. And then, like, it would be Cabby except things. But also still, you know? Mm-hmm. I really love Mamori so much. Um... They had this conversation about how Clark isn't okay with her decision, and she says, I didn't pull the trigger, and I'm like, you can't- well, you did, but- but- <laughs> Like, did you forget that part where you shot at him, Clark? Yeah, <laughs> did you forget? And then, you know, Bellamy's too busy staring at Clark and then commits vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> and it's like, it's not funny. It's not funny. The way no. you said it was funny. Okay, so wh- how do you feel about Bellamy forgiving Clark that fast? I- <sighs> but I don't know. Um, I feel like <sighs> those two, they just do that, though. Mm-hmm. Like, if it was Murphy, I would be like, this is completely unrealistic. Murphy holds grudges. And it feels like Bellamy holds grudges, too, but not towards Clark. Which is odd, because, like, realistically... Clark put Octavia's life in danger. Yeah. So you'd think Bellamy would be like, yeah, I'm going to be mad at you for a while. And then took like actual methods to prevent him from saving her. Yeah. So I kind of, I don't buy that he would forgive her that fast. And I think it's like, it's kind of a waste opportunity to have some really good conflict between them. Mm -hmm. Because if they go into like even that fight scene and Bellamy sees that Clark is about to die, then you could have that realization of, oh my god, I'm mad at you, but if I lose you, like, you're my best friend, I will be devastated, sort of thing. Yeah. So it's like, oh, why did it happen right there? Why couldn't it happen at a really good emotional moment? I'd prefer if they they made up in the season finale, because, like, 
when Clark and Bellamy are at odds, it's always super, super interesting. Like, Bellamy talked to Clark about how much it hurt him that she had left right at the end of season yeah. two. And then, yeah, that was, like, a really, really great scene and so interesting. Yeah, when those two are, like, having emotional conversations, which they should obviously have more of because, like, mm-hmm. it's so good. That's when they're at their best, I think. Yeah. So, in instead of, like, hand-waving that drama away because they need to push the plot forward and they need to be working together, you could still keep that conflict there. They'll still work together, but there'll be this really great undercurrent of tension. Mm -hmm. And then, like, you know, obviously because they're blasting off into space, they've got, like, bigger things to worry about, and they're like, okay, then they could bury the hatchet if they think, like, they're gonna lose each other. Right. Amazing would be... Just amazing. Amazing. Alas, that was not to be. So we've got this martyr, and then they're attacked, and then Amori's suit gets ripped, and this is another fighting scene, so I don't have a lot to say about it. Uh, But they're trying to steal their suits, and then Echo saves them and comes riding in on a blood horse. Do you think that horse is Helios? Um, that would mess me up. Because, like, here's the thing is- um, That was a white horse, though. Helio wasn't white? No. No. I just, like, Sam, Sam Casey's on Twitter, a viewer at Telltale TV, and also the girl that, like, I'm dating and and junk and stuff. Um, She's really worried about Helios. Yeah. Well, me too, yeah. (laughs) I'm trying to find a way to work Helios into the bunker at this point. Yeah. Or into the rocket. They can fit a horse in a rocket, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. I mean, I'm already worried about how they're going to fit all of those guys in that one rocket, but, I mean, a horse, too. The rocket's a two-seater. What are they going to do? Anyway. So, Echo's like, please save me also. Help a sister out. Immediately like, okay, but we can't because we don't have any way of getting there now. Can we all climb on your blood horse? Because apparently... We can all fit into things now. Yeah, they- Oh my god! You know what what that spaceship is? What? It's the TARDIS. (gasps) It's bigger on the inside! Exactly. This makes perfect sense. Perfect. Wonderful. Which one of them's the doctor? I really want to say Monty. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna say Monty or Raven. Yeah. Oh my, oh my god, god, it's Raven, it's Raven. Oh my god. Raven's the doctor, and I, I, they're all her companions. When in doubt, always gender bend the doctor. Okay, okay, it's it's true now. The 13th doctor is actually Lindsay Morgan, you heard it here first. <laughs> um. Okay, so then they hit up Monty, and they put Echo in the extra suit, and, okay, I understand why she brought up the... Roan, the fact that Roan banished her as a, like, story purpose, because then she was saying, I was only trying to save my people, and Clark was like, samesies, and like, oh, yes, see, they, they relate to each other, yes, okay, got it, but mm-hmm. I just, I'm not sure why Echo, as a character, or as a person, brought that up. Does that make sense? I, I kind of do, actually, um, okay. I, I think I see where they did it because I think Echo figured if I don't bring it up and someone else brings it up first, then they're going to have the upper hand in that situation. Whereas if I get it out of the way, then oh, I, I have the, like, the higher power ground. Okay. But also, like, I think they just needed someone to reflect Clark's guilt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, 
A lot of people are just trying to save their people. It's not an excuse. It's cool mode of still murder. Okay. I have a bit of a question about Monty and Harper. Oh, okay. So Bellamy hits up Monty and Monty's like, sup. And Bellamy's like, will you come get us? We're not going to Polis. We're going to get Raven. And our Uber hasn't shown up in a while and it's like really unreliable. (laughs) And then they kind of like Monty and Harper kind of look at each other. And so is this Monty being like, ooh, I really want to help my friends, but I got to make sure Harper's okay with it? Or is this like, ooh, or we could go to Polis and Harper's saying, no, we have to save our friends. What's wrong with you? I think it's neither. I think he's looking at her like, we have a couple options here, but you and I both know we don't really have an option. Like, what are we going to do? Okay. So they're like checking and they're like, we're going to go get our friends. Okay. Okay. That makes me feel better. Yeah, I don't think Mont. it even, it, it might have crossed Monty's mind to not go get them, but for probably a half of a second. Yeah, okay. Before he was like, yeah, we gotta go get our friends. And Harper was like, yes, I am back to being Harper. We must go get our friends. Okay. Uh, so then Amori is sick and, oh my god, freaking Murphy. She literally coughs and he goes, uh-oh. <laughs> like, he literally just books it over there. <laughs> She's like, hang on, hang on. She doesn't cough normally. <laughs> Wait, wait, hold up. You don't have a cold. Imagine Murphy if Amori got a cold. Oh my god, she'd be like, we need five cans of soup. Where's all the cold medicine? And Abby's like, you can't, there's, like, you can't just treat a cold. You just gotta let it run its course. And he's like, no, no. Invent a cure for the common cold. She's in pain. It's important. We learn that there's a tear in her suit and she's like, oh no, we don't have any tape. And I'm like, but... Do it, Robin. But why? Is it because Bellamy made a suit entirely out of tape <laughs> earlier in the season and you ran out? That's exactly why. Do you think they had, like, a duct tape manufacturing area of ARC? Yeah. Hundo. They definitely did. Yeah. I mean, it's the most else? useful thing. Like, the whole ARC was basically held together with duct tape and hope. That's beautiful. Yeah. So he's like, let's give her the other suit. And they're like, we don't have another suit. And he's like, heck yeah, we do. We just put it on some other It's on freaking Echo. So then Clark decides to take off her helmet and give it to Amori. And, and in that moment, take a look at Murphy's face when she does that. He's not going to forget that she did that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the least Clark could do after what happened on Science Island, right? Yeah. So that's sort of... I think that is a much more fitting redemption moment for Clark than her conversation with Bellamy. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's just like her saying to Murphy and Amori, I did the wrong thing repeatedly. Let me do the right thing now. Yeah. I was like, I really liked that moment. That was a great moment. Okay, so then we go over to Raven. And this is interesting because she has a countdown for the three places that matter, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently the death wave has already hit Arcadia. So... Everyone in Arcadia who wasn't dead is now dead. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just keep thinking about, like, that person in Egypt. Yeah. At the beginning. And then, uh, I don't know. The death wave is scary. I'm continually infuriated because, like, because of that death wave hitting them, that means that, like, no one, and because Monty and Harper booked it, no one gave Jasper, like, the, a proper burial. No. So, he was just swallowed by fire. Mm-hmm. That's really upsetting. That's also my new band name. Swallowed by Fire? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I bet you that's already a band name. The rest of the thing says that it's pretty much like 11 hours to Polis, 12 hours to Island. They're saying at this rate, there's no way that they can get back to Polis if they continue on to the Island. Um, So should they just turn around, save everyone else, but not save Raven? Then Monty gets there and so then Clark starts coughing and bad things are happening and then they're going to give her the extra suit which was supposed to be for Jasper. So this comes the moment where Monty reveals that Jasper is dead and we get like what one two second head drop from Bellamy and that's it. Yeah, Bellamy's like, I remember when I hugged him that one time. Bellamy knew Jasper was gonna die, but, like, the fact that, like, no one else had a reaction to it, and it wasn't even, like, Monty saying Jasper died, but just that the suit was for Jasper. Yeah. Yes, Jasper lives on in this suit. But, like, is that it? Is that all we're gonna hear about, about Jasper? It feels like it, honestly. That's ridiculous. It's like when Lincoln died, and the only part of Lincoln dying that Clark cared about was that he couldn't help her. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Here's my thought is that it it could potentially, potentially we could have gotten a much bigger reaction from the actors that just was not edited in. I, that's what I believe happened. Yeah. And like, it was cut for time. I, I truly believe they had some kind of reaction to that. Yeah. The only one we saw was Bellamy though. Yeah. And... That that was that it that was nice, but to me it does not feel like enough, especially be, like the way Jasper died, which no one will ever really know about because will Monty tell anyone? Yeah, and they won't. Know. They don't have time to talk about it. They're going to freaking space. I guess they'll have five years to talk about it, but we won't see it. <laughs> and then Clark's like, "We will survive somehow." Because I, I guess survive. she has an idea or something. Hey, hey, hey. So Raven is sitting alone by herself, and did you catch the? the blatant halo above her head. No. She had this like, it was like a machine, but it was like this contraption over top and it was like a circle thing. There was a halo. Well, you know what? She deserves that. Very obvious halo. Um, would you agree? Absolutely. And Raven deserves that and more. Yes. Agree. So now her, her countdown says nine hours to Polis, 10 hours to the island. Around. I'm just, Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. So they all arrive and they all take their helmets off in this really, like, dramatic way, except Clark's a little late. <laughs> you, you have to unveil the protagonist last. <laughs> and then Bellamy hugs Raven. And Raven. my mom and I kind of took this as a way, like, Bellamy's saying, before the end of the world, I need to show the people that I care about that I care about them. And that's something that he learned from Octavia. So now he's, like, giving Raven this weird hug. <laughs> He's gonna hug everyone. I know Raven just kind of stood there and she was like, hug? Hug? Why hug? Don't hate hug, but why hug? Last person I hugged was Murphy. Raven's having a weird season. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not mad at it. She's just having a weird season. Pretty much they're saying we're going up to space and it was her idea in the first place and then... Okay, okay. You know what I noticed last night when I was doing my... my, uh, my notes? Uh-huh. That I tweeted this morning, or tweeted at the exact moment that I noticed it because I thought it was genius. Uh-huh. Um, Monty says, Bob's your uncle. And he said that in season three, like, with Raven, and Raven said, I hate that. Don't, don't say that. I hate it. And of course, it's Monty saying it again, and there's no reaction from Raven, even, <laughs> like, Raven, we know you hate that sentence. 
That's probably why she looked so sassy. Yeah, probably. And they're like, no one will notice this. And I'm like, haha, here I am. I remember that she doesn't like that saying. Anyway, there's like a bajillion problems with their plan. And I'm still confused about how they're like, no, problem number one, who gets to go? Cause there's no room. Um, but Raven's like, whatever, I can do it. And this is crazy because, oh, I have a question. Emory and Echo are going up into space, but grounders in space. We know that grounders have less radiation, um, what am I trying to say? Resistance. Resistance. I did the exact same thing last episode. (laughs) Resistance than sky people because of Mount Weather. So, are they going to be okay being up in space? I think, I think they'll be fine in terms of, like, radiation. The thing that, like, I'm like, okay, is, like, the oxygen situation and also how, like, the algae farm was in the ghost eye ring, but they left the ghost eye ring. Uh-huh. Why did they leave the ghost eye ring in the first place? I don't know. Because, like, that's what they detached all parts of the arc from, but I guess the ghost eye ring doesn't have a rocket. Where are they going to get fuel from? I have so many questions. Many questions. And also, here's the biggest question. Isn't Allie up there? I still think Allie's up there. Like, I think when Clark shut down the City of Light, we were supposed to kind of, like, I guess it was an assumed thing that, like, she shut down Allie, but how did that signal reach space? I don't know, and I think she's still up there. Yeah, I think so, too. Okay. (sighs) Okay, that's all my stuff for that that storyline. Cool. Okay, let's move on to the bunker. Cool. Bunker time. Bunker time. First of all, Tiny Child Alone in Loud Hallway, which is also my new band name. (laughs) Or a film I just wrote. It's experimental. Tiny Child Alone in a Loud Hallway. Sounds like a horror movie. Or bad ASMR. Miller and Jackson are shoved out of a room and- How dare they? They are together. Anyway, Hardy- Hardy is the five guy. His name's Hardy. Okay. I feel like we knew that already, but we just called him Five Guy. I'm just gonna call him Five Guy. Five Guys. I, I, I was think I keep thinking of five gum. Oh. Yeah. Instead of calling him by his actual name, can we call him burgers and fries? Can we just call him five guy? Yeah, but I get confused. Anyway, <laughs> five guy. His son's name is Ethan, which is a lost reference. Probably not. No. Um, but either way, Nyla is a traitor to the grounders, so they don't want them. She doesn't. She has to be part of Sky Crew. Remind me why Sky Crew should be saved. And look at them Harmon siblings having one line each together and then immediately getting separated for the whole next season again. It's such a bummer because it's like, oh, I want to see them act together so much. It's funny. As soon as, like, he came up and asked where Amori was, I paused it, like, last night while I was, like, not live, but I, was, I paused it while I was doing my notes last night. And I just looked at them and I went, look at you guys. I honestly didn't, like, I kind of forgot that they were siblings, so they had that scene, and I was like, oh, that's nice, Nyla and Murphy had a scene, and then not until right the second did you remind me that they're siblings. Oh. <laughs> yep. That's really special. The Harmon. Is that the fir- that's the first scene they've had together, right? Yeah. Oh my god. And it was real freaking quick. Little tiny thing. Once they all get into the room, Memori's together, Maxon is together, and they're saying three quarters of these people are all going to die tonight. Mm-hmm. So the stakes are high. This is great. <laughs> I love when there are high stakes, but also it gives me anxiety. Yes. Because I keep forgetting they're saying it's happening tonight. Yeah, like the apocalypse is like right now. 
Abby is talking to Raven saying that they're going to send a team to go get her. And Raven's saying, Abby, we'll heal your brain. And Kane's like, huh? And then they never continue that conversation. So they're saying essential personnel and children already have spots. And so there are 80 spots left. So there's 20. So I can't believe that there are so little children. Yeah. Or that there are so little essential personnel. I don't know. There's only 20. So that's strange to me. But either way. Especially because the only like essential personnel we know are doctors and engineers, which is like what? Monty, Abby, and Jackson. And I guess Jaha, but Yeah, and Monty wasn't even on the list, and Monty, yeah, they don't even know if he's making it back. So it's like Abby and Jackson and Jaha? Abby, Jackson, Jaha. I assumed Kane was essential personnel, because he's the, cha- he's the cha- chancellor. I assumed that too, but also I don't know if Kane assumed that. Because oh. he's, the, he's the kind of guy that would just be like, oh, I, I'm sacrificing myself. There's no need for me here. Well, here's my thing, Marcus. Who's going to be the leader? Freaking sure, Jaha. not going to be Jaha. And Abby's sad. Nah. Nah. Hard nah. pass. What are you doing, Marcus? Ooh, maybe some essential personnel is the people who know how to um, work the farm and stuff. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I know I, that I, I the that engineers and stuff, but maybe more than that, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, we know. still don't know anyone else who could do that except for, like, what, Monty and Jasper? Some people from Farm Station and stuff, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah. But Brian Jaha's Brian really is. freaking mad and saying that all these people thought they were safe. They, like, unpacked their bags and they chose where they were sleeping. And, like, I get it. I get this mm-hmm. because, yep. like, I don't know. If it was me, I'd have the same feeling as Amori. For sure. I'm thinking, gosh, we thought maybe we'd have a break for three seconds. And then it kind of, like, breaks you psychologically because you let yourself hope and then that hope was taken away. I can totally see where Jaha's coming from here. As much as I disagree with him, you can totally see what his point is. Yeah. So, Kane explains to the group, and Hardy, or five guys, like, complaining and saying that they know how to do the technology, and then Nyla gets attacked, and Octavia saves, and then they have one less spot. This is important to remember. So, now they have 79, yes? Uh, if they have one less spot, why would they have one less spot? I figure Nyla's spot went to Tree Crew. No, Octavia said, you now have one less spot. Oh. She, like, that was, like, her line. Okay. So, that's why I'm a little confused, because later, Abby Abby says, says I need you to pull 81 names. And I'm like, girl, that's too many. That's too many already. That's too many. What are you doing? Anyway, I'm just confused about the numbers. But she says... I have saved Nyla because I guess because Treaker's already picked all theirs, I assume. I assume. And they're the ones uh, that are all armed. Yeah. So she's like, you have one less spot to fill now. Yeah. So really, you're only picking 80 names. I don't know. And can I just say, like, Hardy's argument is kind of like, on the one hand, it makes sense. Like, you do need Skycrow to operate the bunker. Uh-huh. But just because grounders aren't skilled at that doesn't mean they're still not, like, worthy of living. Yeah. Like, they... They should get to survive. Mm-hmm. Especially because if you just have Sky Crew in that bunker, that gene pool is going to be a mess. Yep. <laughs> oh, gross. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I don't understand how the arc gene pool wasn't already a mess. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of need uh, grounders in there for a whole host of reasons. Mm-hmm. So, Jaha's like, Octavia, you are one of us. Why you do this? And I'm like, that was the worst thing you could say. <laughs> you could say to her. And so she's like, I'm not hiding, Jaha. You suck. You all have to choose or everyone dies. And then immediately is just like, oops. 
that was a bad decision I just made to say. Dude, it's Echo and Rowan, though. It's like Echo yeah. constantly telling Rowan, oh, this isn't how your mother did it. And he's like, what? That's not the way to get me to do anything. Yeah, 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 exactly. Also, four seasons in the making was Octavia roasting Jaha, and I feel like she mm-hmm. really held back. No, yeah, she could have gone crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud uh, of her. Nyla thanks Octavia and says that she won't forget it, and it's nice. Nightavia. But then Indra's like, girl, there's no going back to what you just said. And she says, one, something like, one crew needs you, or whatever. And I'm like, one oh, crew. so we're actually calling it that. Yeah, it's called one crew now. That's so cute. I, ju- I guess I just assumed that they wouldn't even need a name for it because they're all there. Yeah, they're just humans. Yeah, I don't know. That's just whatever. Anyway, humanity. it's cool. I, I love it. Yeah. One crew? Though when you look at it, it looks like like the crew that won. Because it's yeah, W-O-N. Yeah. <laughs> and then Indra's like, you're a champion. And she's like, I'm not a champion. I had help. And she says, no leader ever does it alone. And it's nice. And how nice is that uh, little parallel to, or sort of juxtaposition to people like Clark and Jaha, who insist on leading by themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice, like, nice, it, nice. You've got Octavia and Indra and Kane and Abby on the we are here to support each other list. And then... Everyone else on the other one. This is relevant to the last episode that we we t- we talk about. Mm-hmm. Let me find the quote. Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Are you ready? Yeah. If we don't live together, we're gonna die alone. Girl, no, I know that quote. Oh, here it is. Here it is. John Locke says to Jack, a leader can't lead until he knows where he's going. That's not really super relevant. I just knew it had the word leader in it. So like- <laughs> I said it. Whatever. An attempt was made. Whatever. Whatever. Anyway, moving on. They're all lining up to... I can't believe... Okay, so Kane's like, we're all holding a lottery and blah, blah, blah. And everyone except Hardy is like, okay. So they go in to write their name. Because they're reasonable people, I guess. Miller writes in his name. And we don't know if he wrote Nate Miller or Nathan Miller. Because we know that Dad Miller whose name is David, and we know his name is David, but we call him Dad Miller anyway because it's yeah. cute, writes Nate. So later, when Miller's name is called, they might have picked David's card. That's kind of what I assume is that it worked. I am sad. That, it was, that, was, that was such a beautiful and small moment for them, and I think it just said everything. When is someone going to tell Miller what his dad did? It seems cruel to tell him at this point, considering the lottery was useless anyway. Yeah. But at the same time, it might bring Miller's, like, some measure of peace that, like, his dad was always a really good person. That would be Mm -hmm. a really good conversation for Kane and Miller to have. Yes, give Miller a scene where he gets to to learn that. (sighs) But also, like, maybe, maybe it's the Slytherin in me, and I know that Kane's a Hufflepuff. Controversial. But... Yeah, it's Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw, and the fight will forever go on. If I was Kane, Mm -hmm. I'd be like, nah, nah, nah. Keep David Miller. Take out somebody else I don't know. Kane would never do that. I know. I would, though. The thing that I was thinking uh, during this scene was that if he pulled Nate Miller and Nathan Miller, Mm. he would use one of them to call Abby Griffin instead. Right. But... That did not wind up happening, but you could see that happening. See, I think that Abby right now is essential personnel, though, so her she name is. wouldn't be wouldn't even be in the lottery. It's like it's like a I, I, for me, it was like a symbolic thing, right? Oh, I understand. Like yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. This is so sad because he puts his name in and he puts in Miller and, like, he has no chance now. Like, he knows that he's... He's going to die for his son. And and that's the thing is that it's like, it's not even I will die. It's I'm dying in 12 hours. Mm-hmm. That... Wow. The parent-child dynamic on this show is huge. Like, you have it with those two, you have it with Abby and Clark, and you have it with... Basically, at this point, you have it with Kane and the Blakes, right? I guess, yeah. I don't know, it just... It makes me really sad. Because then, to me, that also kind of, like, solidifies the last choice in Abby's mind, where she's like, yeah, I'm gonna... I'm gonna do that, too. It's so sad. I'm sad. Dad Miller was a good one. Yeah. Where are you, Dad Miller? Bring Dad Miller back to K-17. He's alive until proven otherwise. Same thing with Rowan. Until I okay. see a body being burned, they're alive. Man, frick. Miller's gonna wake up and be the saddest human. I have tears on my face. I know, I know. Frick, okay, moving on. Okay, here, okay, before we get into the cabbie scene that you're gonna talk totally about, but... I think it's so weird that as soon as he leaves, there's this other guy who starts to walk in and Kane goes, oh, hold up one sec. And the guy's like, oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, oh, well, no rush. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Mom and dad need a minute. Weird. The guy's like, oh, okay. Doesn't even say anything. Just like, is like, cool, I'll wait here. Like, I don't know. He knows it's a somber affair. All right. You, go, man. Go. Okay. So, a lot of, like, the stuff that I am talking about, or that we're gonna talk about, um, I actually did a podcast over on Metastation with Claire and Sam, who is Sam Casey's from Telltale TV, um, who I've already talked about. Always getting shoutouts over here. You gotta shout out the GF, it's important. (laughs) Um... We did a whole Team Adults roundtable, which took us three and a half hours to record. So if you want to hear really in-depth thoughts on Kane, Abby, Jaha, Indra, Dad Miller, basically every adult, it will be over on Metastation, I believe, on Sunday. So go check that out. And that's probably already up by the time this goes up. Shut up, Robin! <laughs> so go listen to that. Yeah! Okay, and talk about Cabby. Go! Okay, so, Kane closes the door, and he and Abby have a conversation where Abby sort of begins it by saying that she blames herself for opening the door. And to me, I'm just like, okay, like, you know, now they're going through this whole situation, and Abby feels really responsible for it, but Kane tells her, you know, as he told her at the beginning of the season, that it was the right decision to make. And he says, you saved me, and I don't just mean by opening the door. And I cried. (laughs) I just burst into tears because I'm a big old sap. And Abby says, you know, like, all of these beautiful things are happening. There's lots of, like, really, like, emotional touching and things like that. And she says that she doesn't know who she is anymore. Which is exactly the same thing that Kane said after the culling in season one. Ooh. He was, like, looking at the memorial wall and talking to his mother, and he said, I don't know who I am anymore. So, like, Abby is literally having the exact same crisis that Kane did in season one. Heck yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is awful, but (laughs) nice parallel. It's awful, but I'm living for it because the angst and, like, the development that their relationship has had, like, is incredible. 
Mm-hmm. And so Abby says, I don't really want to be in this bunker. So can you pull 81 names? When it when should you, be 80. When it should be 80. <laughs> can you pull Math. 81 names? Math is hard for a lot of people, okay? I mean, I wish that it wasn't hard for a doctor. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> what if, can you imagine if she went, I need you to pull 81 names. And Kane, Kane just interrupted her next sentence and been like, you mean, you mean 80. He's like, honey, honey, it's actually 80. I'm so Don't sorry. Go her. on. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me you love me. So, uh, Abby says she wants to take her spot outside, or like to have a spot outside instead of inside. And then she tells Kane that she loves him. And what the hell, man? He, ugh, Abby said, I love you to two separate people this episode. And neither of them like explicitly said it back. And I'm sad about it. I'm less mad about Kane because I feel like Kane is very much like a man of action, right? Yeah. So, like, he shows his love for her by different ways. Like, telling her that she saved him in more ways than one, I, that's that's a de- declaration as much as anything else is. The thing that I want to hear your perspective on is how you feel about Abby's sudden 180 that she wants to die. I mean, <laughs> all of it I, like, really... I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think super intelligent, like... I love Abby and Kane, but those two are not my focus. You yeah, know what that's I mean? my spe- yeah, it's my specialty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's why that's why we're so good. Is that we, <laughs> we have two separate? So I mean, the only thing that I really think about it is just that Abby was just like, mm, man, getting in a tub of ice for a really long time. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> just like, oh, hard pass. Um, I think it's like I see. I see the lead up to it in this episode. I didn't mm-hmm. see it last episode because she wanted to open the door so bad she wanted Kane to come in here and stuff. Yeah. Um, but I see the lead up to it in this episode with her saying, not that she doesn't say I love you to her daughter all the time, but she says her saying, goodbyes. Yeah. I love you to her before she leaves as if this is potentially the last time I'll see you. Mm-hmm. Saying I love you to Kane because potentially this is the last time you see you, you know? Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's it. And, like, for me, I find this to be really inconsistent with Abby's character. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, from literally episode one, Abby is a character who is just, like, stubborn and really right. hopeful and, like, yeah. is willing to sacrifice herself to do what she believes is right. Right. But Abby is never one to do something like this, especially given the fact that we have had no buildup towards it other than this episode because... right. The the majority of this season, we've probably had, I think overall, maybe five minutes worth of screen time about Abby's sickness and her breakdown and her struggle with Amori. We had the one conversation between Kane and Abby on the radio, mm-hmm. and then her breakdown where she smashed the chamber so that Clark wouldn't get in it. Right. And those were, what, five episodes ago? Yeah. Quite, well, maybe not. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, <laughs> I said yeah as if I was sure, but I'm not. Like, a longer amount of time than, like, is narratively wise when you're trying to, like, pull broad strokes here, right? Right. So, especially given the fact that in the previous episode, you had Abby all fired up, side by side with Bellamy, opening the door to save everyone. Mm -hmm. So, to go, to pull a complete 180 from, I'm saving everyone and I need to save Kane because I love him, to... I love Kane, but I want to die. It makes no sense to me. And honestly, like, it makes me really angry. Right. Because I feel like 
this show just keeps beating down all like hope and like Abby for me is the epitome of hope and I just I'm not okay with it here's my thoughts is that first of all I'm on your side second of all um there are a lot of main characters and I understand where the writers are coming from just because when you have so many main characters, it's hard to make sure that every single person's favorite character uh, gets a good storyline every mm-hmm. single week and stuff. But, like, it's happened to Abby too many times. Yeah. She always is the last person that they end up writing for. Like, someone's got to get the short end of the stick, but it's be, it's been Abby too... It's been Abby too often. Yeah. It was, like, it was either Abby or it was Jasper or it was Jaha. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, all of season three, Abby didn't really have anything to do except be Kane's love interest. Right. And all Abby, and all, like, Kane this season has been, like, Abby's love interest. Like, they trade off having major storylines. Right. Which makes no sense, because in the first two seasons, they shared that. Yeah. So, I just, none of this plays organically for me, and they always put Abby in peril, in the, like, season finale or, like, the penultimate episode before the season finale, right? So, I'm, if if it leads where the show is telling me it's gonna lead, like, heads are gonna roll. But hopefully it's not. (laughs) Yeah. And if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts on that, yeah, head over to the the meditation. Okay, so, Hardy slash Five Guy goes over to Jaha and... He's like, please take care of my son. And he's like, it's not fair of me to ask. And I'm like, um, it's fully fair for you to ask. What are you even talking about? Yeah, that was more than fair. But Jaha's like, I have a plan. And I'm like, this plan doesn't seem that good. That's one of those moments where you look at it and you go, oh, this can only end well. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> that this will go really great for you. This is going to be, this is a Scooby-Doo plan for sure. Um, he's like, once they open the door, just run head head on into the the full of weapons <laughs> the just just book it toward the grounders with great aim go like, guys i'm a red rover expert okay <laughs> okay and i now present you knight of the red shirts <laughs> go into the grounders and be free Robin. what that's a great joke so they start to pull out the names, and we have Pei Chow, Sonia Hassler, Nate Miller, which we kind of talked about, then Maxon. So Jackson is essential personnel, so now they get to stay together. So that's nice. But also, like, why did they... It kind of looked like they hugged goodbye. Do you want to talk about the llama kiss? Okay. It's not the I'm it's glad that we didn't kiss, ask though. Sachin about this because I felt really dumb. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's a wrestling thing. It's a wrestling thing, but I yeah. always, like, do it... It looks like llamas. You make it with your hand and it looks like a llama. Well, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but either way, they make the llamas kiss. I'm doing it right now. So I, I always thought it was a llama kiss. But instead, it's a wrestling thing, which is equally adorable, and I love that they slipped it in, like, to the show. Like, the people, but I just wonder, like, the people who don't know Jared and Sachin are probably like, what is that? I think it, to other people, because, um, like, it was kind of like, I watched it like that. It's just kind of like, Oh, it was like a cute, like, little shorthand they developed with each other. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I think it's sweet. Anybody who doesn't know Jared and Sachin and that, the fact that they do that all the time, please tell us what your original thoughts were, because I want to know. Yeah. Because my original thought was to look at my mom and both of us go, <gasps> Oh! It's a thing! They both got to do the thing that they like to do! 
That's so sweet. That's cute. And they say Kimberly Ginsburg, which was a person that was on the original list. And is Aaron Ginsburg the writer of this episode's last name? Wait, um, Robin, 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 wait. I missed, I got a reaching loss reference and you didn't. Okay. You ready? Yeah. You know the blonde that they called? Blonde. That Kane called? Her name was Sonia. Yeah, Sonia Hassler. Mm-hmm. Sonia Walger? Is that what mm-hmm. you're trying to say? Mm-hmm. That's my far-reaching loss reference. That's real far-reaching, my dude. I know, but I was like, Robin will be proud because this is a reach that means nothing, but she'll like it anyway. All right, would, let's explain. Sonia Walger is the person who played Penny, who is the person who was Desmond's love interest, who was the character that Ian played on Lost. And then Kane is looking at them as a couple and then looking at Abby and yeah. going... Sigh. That's, that's us. I can't let us be separated like that. It's the saddest because then Miller says, Dad, if your name isn't picked, I won't stay. Me and too. it's like, but that would be me. name won't be picked, my dude. It's never gonna happen. I'm so sad. That would be me though, 100%. If someone like told me like I was called and not my mom, I wouldn't go. Wow. I feel it's like my- that would be a hard decision for me, but like, you know. It's my mom. I know, like... I'd probably find a way to manipulate someone else to go out and then my mom could stay. You are the most wonderful Slytherin in the whole world. I know. Well, I'd be like, listen, I, I'm, not going, I'm not going out there, but I also don't want you to go out there. So I'm going to need someone else to go out there so that you don't have to. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. And the Slytherin in me? Then we have uh, Paula Savega. Uh-huh. And then after that, Marcus is like, hmm... Jaha and Hardy seem to be doing some scheming. I'm not standing for that. He's like, Jackson, will you help out? And Jackson's like, yes, I will step up. Hundo. And he says, Doug McRae. And then, I guess, Hardy goes, oh, okay, so now this isn't Kane. This guy, this guy I can confront. This guy won't do anything if I start yelling. Yep. (laughs) So I'm going to start yelling. And see what this guy does. And pretty much it's just Jackson being like, hey, please don't. (laughs) He just, he's just like, he can't handle that responsibility even though he like stepped up. You can't, you know what? My whole thing is don't yell at Jackson. Don't yell at Jackson. Don't yell at Jackson. It's a rule. You shouldn't yell at Jackson because he's beautiful. Then Abby is like, wait, it, it seems like someone's trying to hurt my puppy. I must come in and also help. Yeah, she's like, um... That's my son? How dare you yell at my son in this manner? Don't speak to me or my son ever again. And he's like, now I have to do something rash because I can't confront both of you. I like that the minute he was like, oh, Abby's here. (laughs) Must break bowl. (laughs) And then the crowd's like, yeah, I agree. Violence. Woo. And so the crowd becomes a mob and it's great. I'd be scared too, though. not great. Um, then Jaha's, like, in there trying to get the, like, gas bombs or whatever, and then Kane comes in and is just like, mm, sup? So this scene is so good. It, it was good. My favorite part was when they did, like, that little kerfuffle. I wrote the kerfuffle. The Kaha kerfuffle. No! <laughs> They're just like, don't, eh, eh, bleh. That that's all the all that was missing. All the kerfuffle like, was missing was no these one, sounds. No one threw a punch. It was legitimately just a kerfuffle. Yeah, no, li- literally. Alrighty. Anyway, so he's like, let's threaten their crops, and I'm like, this is bad. This is a bad idea. 
But also, that's a really good way to manipulate someone into doing something. No, it is, but also it's like, I will threaten your crops. And then if they still don't do it, then it's like, fine, I'll ruin your crops. Ruins it, no no one lives. You're like, good job, idiot. You've ruined it for everyone. Octavia's like, well, guess I have to kill everybody. And Indra's like, I'll be right here beside you. And I'm like, please be best friends forever. Um, Kane somehow convinces Jaha, and Jaha's like, okay, but now what? Okay, but like, you know how he convinced Jaha. Talk to me. He appealed to Jaha's ego. Yeah. He was like, well, you know, if you do this, you, your redemption will be erased. And Jaha's like, oh man, no one will care or remember you now. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta be a, a living legend. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've made a huge mistake. I gotta find a way out of this. This is too much responsibility. <laughs> <laughs> he, he turned into Jean-Ralphio's Saperstein in that moment. <laughs> okay. Octavia says the phrase, my people, my responsibility. (sighs) Bro. How do you feel about it? It's too much, man. Too much feelings or too much obviousness? It's too much. There you... (sighs) Listen, I love this phrase and I love when they bring it back. But like, bring it back once a season so that it's like, oh my God, Bellamy said the thing that he always says. Oh my God. If everyone says that, I don't care anymore. (laughs) You mean all of these repeated things aren't working again? It's not funny. I'm upset. If you keep saying, like, this is one of my favorite things is when something from way back when comes back and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, oh my God, this is a great parallel. But it's like, it's just being drilled and it's like, from the ashes we will rise. It's like drilled into my brain. Okay, I get it. Which sucks because, like, when Bob improved it in the season two finale, mm-hmm. that was, I think that was the peak use of my sister, my responsibility. Yes. But. Bob knows. Bob knows. Shout out to Bob Morley. Always an MVP. Love you. And also shout out to Marie for absolutely slaying all of us. Love this. you. She's been, oh my God, she's so good. Who else do I love? Uh, you love Adina, because Adina's in this scene and she's so good. Yeah, love you. Yeah, and um, well, just everyone in this episode. Love everyone. Love everyone. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, okay, open the door. And it's just like suddenly silent. And they're like, huh? Listen, goes expected. Uh, so they've all gassed Sky Crew. And what was your first thought when you saw the gas masks? Are you my mummy? Are you my mummy? That's what I wrote. We are one. I'm so happy. So then there's just like a bajillion sleeping people on the ground. And my note was culling AF. Mm-hmm. It was so like cool. legit direct Kane walking and Octavia walking through the bodies, which is Jackson and Abby walking through the bodies. Ooh, it's kind of also a parallel to um, uh, the massacre in season three when Octavia is walking through the bodies. Yeah. Snaps. Snaps for Robin. Cool. Um, so then Ian just, like, slays this scene, and he's beautiful and cries and does a great job, and they're like, Clark's list. Oh my god. When Henry and Cusick cries, I cry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Because I love that Kane is always, like, a guy who can cry. Oh my god. You know what one of my favorite Ian moments ever is? Hmm. The end of season two of Lost. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to say this without spoiling it, but there's this moment where he's just like, here it is, this is the end of the world. You've, you've killed us, you've killed us all, I think is mm-hmm. the, is the, the words that he uses. Yeah. And he just looks so, like, I don't know, Ian's a genius. He's so good at heartbreak. Yeah. 
he's so good at heartbreak because like his his face crumples and the tears come and you're like I love that this is like a man that lets himself cry yeah it's amazing so the children get to stay and then goodbye dad miller bye dad miller and then my next note was abby aggressively stays she stays she stays don't touch her no no no. don't touch that one that was mine my mom wanted to bring up the fact that we see people um not necessarily gassing them but sometimes um using reaper sticks and stuff but like knocking their significant others out to save them Mm -hmm. a lot this octavia and lincoln and then she gave me another one that I need to look up because I don't remember. It's uh, Clark and Bellamy. Like, but for me, anyway, the Clark and Bellamy well. isn't, like, the same thing. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, she was doing that for a different reason. But, like, yeah. for this one, it is kind of upsetting that Kane definitely circumvents Abby's consent here. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely something that, like, should be acknowledged and talked about is that Kane did what Abby did not want. And that's even after the whole Arcadia storyline where yeah. Jaha leaves the rest of them behind because that's not what they want. Exactly. But it's like at the same time, because Abby's thing came out of nowhere, which is kind of like, you know, Harper pushing Monty away and deciding she wanted to die and then pulling a 180 and saying, oh, just kidding. That yeah. feels like a way more compressed version of this of that story, like right here. Uh, Abby's lying beside Jackson and we got a story about that from Suchin. So go and check out our Suchin interview. Oh my God. He's so funny. Turns out that that was originally supposed to be an entirely Jackson scene, but then he saw the cabbie and passed out and they just decided to leave him there. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Not, that wasn't like hyperbolic at all. That's real. That's real. Yeah. It happened. Yeah. He was over, he was overcome with the cabbie feelings. Are you ready for my Lost reference? I'm always ready for a Lost reference. Okay. I put this in, like, all caps. I was so excited about this. hmm Okay. Abby saved Kane. Yes? Of course. Kane saves Abby. Yes? Yes. Okay. Season three of Lost. Desmond saves Charlie. Charlie saves Desmond. Desmond. And their big song is top-notch... Best song ever, Wonderwall by Oasis. And the song goes, maybe you're gonna be the one that saves me. And it's just like, you know, every time I hear the song, I cry because I think about Desmond and Charlie, but now it's like kind of a Kane and Abby song because it's Ian. Okay, well, I am all for that. Cool. Thanks a lot for the feelings. I wasn't already feeling too much about that scene, so just pile on then legitimately listen to Wonderwall and try not to cry now. Legit. But it's like, Wonderwall has become such a meme too, so it's like... That's why I love Wonderwall so much. Because <laughs> it's such a meme. So Hardy goes by and then Jaha picks up his son and, you know, many sadnesses. Jaha has a child now. That's it. I don't think he's gonna look after him. No, I think he'll probably just be like, hey, um, Nyla? Yeah. Wanna take care of this kid or whatever? Yeah, he's gonna, like, fawn that kid off onto someone else. Now it's time for our segment. So my first segment is called the Post-Apocalyptic Sass Watch, and both of mine go to Murphy this episode. Uh, So the first prize goes to Murphy for... Algae salads and recycled urine. Sign me up. Better than nine. Can you say that now? And the honorable mention is... 
getting any less irradiated. The man has a point. <laughs> I'm like, who is this redneck who just showed up? But okay. <laughs> Mur Murphy actually like becomes his true self. The redneck. Here come Murphy and Sawyer fuse together. Yes. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. Okay. <laughs> Problem's like, my dreams are coming true, but it's fine. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> Um, and my segment is called CGSW, the Clark Griffin shower watch. Um, I mean, I think Clark, I don't know if she took a shower, but she braided her hair and I'm yeah. proud of her. It looks nice. She did a good job braiding her hair and she did a good job looking really good while being really radiation sick. My second segment is called the most valuable protagonist awards. So this week's MVP goes to Marcus Kane. <laughs> I'm just so proud of him. And speaking of Marcus Kane, my final segment is the Marcus Kane beard appreciation. Good beard, but also just Good beard. Beard that was like caressed per, as it should be by Abby. Mm -hmm. Like any time that the beard is being touched is a good time. Yeah. Good, good beard, beard. Good beard. Good beard. Sad beard. Um, we kind of already talked about this, but we do want to urge you to go listen to our uh, um interview with Sachin. It was awesome, and he's the best. So go check it out. He's the best, and he's so funny. And then if the spirit moves you, and you're like, hey, I want to listen to more interviews, we also interviewed Louisa D'Olivera. Mm -hmm. So, go do that. If you also know more cast members, just personally, and you think, hey, I would love it if the Aficionados would do that, <laughs> hit us up! Okay, so we're going to do our trailer reactions now. So, trailer reactions in three, two, one, play. Ooh, I just saw Gaia in that crowd. And Octavia and a freaking Bindi. Yeah, that's an issue. Why, Lord, why on earth did- what did we do to deserve this? Clear time jump. That's- that's Clark in the future, right? It's gotta be. Flash forward for sure. I don't even- What is Raven do Who has the knife? Like, what's with the blood? We will meet again. I'll be waiting. I don't even want to have any thoughts on this, I don't even know, but I'm gonna take another look at that crowd because I see Gaia there. I see Nyla. Um, I've scanned it already. It's just Nyla and Gaia. Oh, okay. That yeah. are the important people that we care yeah. about. I think maybe Indra's in there, but basically there's no confirmation of who else is in there. Okay. I see a guy who's looking straight into the camera. <laughs> Oops. Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you're a fan of Riverdale, we just wrapped up talking about that show and our final podcast should be up soon. At, at a point in time. Yeah. Yeah, we also have a Lost podcast, and we are just getting up the episode of our podcast for episode five of season one, so join us over there because we're looking for guests. Yeah! You can follow the Aficionados on all social media, which is Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, what have you, at, at the Aficionados. And we also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because this sort of stuff is expensive and we need your help and we have cool perks. Check it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A -T -T -A -A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. Pretty, pretty much, much everywhere. everywhere. I also run at The 100 Script. And we're going to be starting one head apart one soonish. I'm just a little busy right now, so I can't even transcribe that right now. But I, it'll happen. Fair enough. Join us next week for the season finale, which is 413 Prime Fire. Wow, I'm terrified. I'm I'm literally so nervous that I can't think about it. Otherwise, it gives me anxiety. Yep, relatable. I, I'm, I'm too involved. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Okay. Love okay. you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. <gasps> okay. Love you. Bye. 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 Bye.